scripture reading this morning is from Ezekiel 3, which is found on page 1,287 in your pew Bibles. And he said to me, Son of man, eat what is before you. Eat this scroll, then go and speak to the people of Israel. So I opened my mouth, and he gave me the scroll to eat. Then he said to me, Son of man, eat the scroll I am giving you, and fill your stomach with it. So I ate it, and it tasted as sweet as honey in my mouth. He then said to me, Son of man, go now to the people of Israel and speak my words to them. You are not being sent to a people of obscure speech and strange language, but to, people of Is- but to the people of Israel. Not to many peoples of obscure speech and strange language whose words you cannot understand. Surely if I had sent you to them, they would have listened to you. But the people of Israel are not willing to listen to you, because they are not willing to listen to me, and for all, for all the Israelites are hardened and obstinate. But I will make you as unyielding and hardened as they are. I will make your forehead like the hardest stone, harder than flint. Do not be afraid of them or terrified by them, though they are a rebellious people. And he said to me, Son of man, listen carefully and take to heart all the words I speak to you. Go now to your people in exile and speak to them. Say to them, This is what the Sovereign Lord says, whether they listen or fail to listen. Then the Spirit lifted me up, and I heard behind me a a loud rumbling sound as the glory of the Lord rose from the place where it was standing. It was the sound of the wings of the living creature brushing against each other and the sound of the wheels beside them, a loud rumbling sound. The Spirit then lifted me up and took me away, and I went in bitterness and in the anger of my spirit with the strong hand of the Lord on me. I came to the exiles who lived at Tel Aviv near the Kabar River, and there, where they were living, I sat amongst them for seven days, deeply distressed. At the end of the seven days, the word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, I have made you a watchman for the people of Israel, so hear the word I speak and give them warning from me. When I say to a wicked person, you will surely die, and you do not want warn them or speak out to dissuade them from their evil ways in order to save their life, That wicked person will die for their sin, and I will hold you accountable for their blood. But if you do warn the wicked person, and they do not turn from their wickedness or from their evil ways, they will die for their sin, but you will have saved yourself. Again, when a righteous person turns from their righteousness and does evil, and I put a stumbling block before them, they will die. Since you did not warn them, they will die for their sin. The righteous things that The righteous things that person did will not be remembered, and I will hold you accountable for their blood. But if you do warn the righteous person not to sin, and they do not sin, they will surely live, because they took warning, and you will have saved yourself. The hand of the Lord was on me there, and he said to me, Get up and go out to the plain, and there I will speak to you. So I got up and went out to the plain, and the glory of the Lord was standing there, like the glory I had had seen by the Kabar River, and I fell face down. Then the Spirit came into me and raised me to my feet. He spoke to me and said, Go shut yourself inside your house. And you, son of man, they will tie with ropes. You will be bound so that you cannot go out among the people. I will make your tongue stick to the roof of your mouth so that you will be silent and unable to rebuke them, for they are a rebellious people. But when I speak to you, I will open your mouth, and you shall say to them, This is what the Sovereign Lord says. Whoever will listen, let them listen. And whoever will refuse, let them refuse, for they are, for they are a rebellious people.
Thank you, Art. We are looking at the book of Ezekiel here in chapter 3, and uh, especially towards the end of this chapter when it says, I will make your tongue stick to the roof of your mouth so that you will be silent, unable to rebuke them. But when I speak to you, I will open your mouth, and then you will speak to them. Congregation of Jesus Christ, we are looking at, at what it means to love the Lord our God uh, with all our heart, all our soul, and all our strength. And, and we are thinking as we're moving into the fall here, and, and our, our theme kind of through the fall is, is to have that focus, what, what it is for us to actually live out that call on our lives. And so I wanted to start by inviting you again to say with me, to speak out the words of Deuteronomy 6, verses 4 and 5. Please join me in saying these words together. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Wow, that's a calling on our lives. That's, that's set before the people of God. And that's what Ezekiel said out loud every morning and every night. He said it out loud so that he would hear it. So that he would hear this word of God speaking on his heart. And then the question as you go forward, how do I do that? How do I live that out? How does that work exactly? And so if we think about that, if we, if we seek to enter into that, and we saw uh, earlier as we started thinking about this that, that of course, our Lord Jesus Christ, in, in his perfection, uh, like it says in James uh, 3.2, nobody can do this perfectly, but our Lord Jesus did. And in all his words, in, in, as he addressed people, as he spoke to them a teaching, as he warned them, as he guided them in their lives, as he just lived beside them day by day, they knew that as he spoke that God loved them, that God's desire was that they would serve him. And so that is definitely our Savior, our amazing Lord, who, who lived that out perfectly. But we, we are looking in terms of God working in the life of uh, an individual who struggles in this area like you and me. And our example is Ezekiel. And Ezekiel is someone who, who had to learn how to do this. And as he learns, we learn. And so it's good just to reflect on what Ezekiel is, is doing and how God is working in him and how God works in us. We saw last week in Ezekiel 1 the great vision, the vision of God, the, the great uh, wheeled uh, chariot and, and the cherubim and the wheels and the wings. And that's here again in verse 23 as Art was reading it says in verse 23, so that's still very present. I got up and went out to the plain, and the glory of the Lord was standing there like the glory I had seen by the Kabar River. And he does the same thing. He falls down. He, he worships God. He has the vision of who God is, is central. So as we want to live out 
our love for God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our strength. We have to continually see Jesus before us. Jesus is the glory of God. And so we have the cross. We have the name of Jesus here. We continue to, to in our life, in our witness, every day, every morning, see Jesus again, leading us, guiding us, by his holy word, by his spirit, living to his honor and glory. That's, that's the central vision, the greatness of God, and we have that in terms of God's grace in the cross of Jesus, in the word and witness of our Savior, in his forgiveness and his love. Here, Ezekiel has it in the great redeeming work of God for the people long ago and continuing to be that presence to them even in the difficult times, even as they are in exile. So, so Ezekiel is, is confronted again by that glory of God and the call on his life to live that out. And so here again, it comes before us. And we find here, as, as Ezekiel tries to work that out, tries to, to figure out, how do I do that? Ezekiel 3 begins with the area of speaking. With the area of, if, if you claim, if you actually say with your mouth, with your tongue... I want to love the Lord my God with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my strength. If you hear yourself say that, if you are speaking that, then your speaking should witness that, first of all. And people should be able to tell in how you speak, in how you speak to them, in what you say to them, they should be able to see that you are trying to live out a life that shows the love of God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength. That has to come out in your words, first of all. And so here, Ezekiel is learning how he should speak. He, of course, overall is a prophet of God, but, but even more basic, and we'll get to that in a moment. But, but how do we speak? What do we say are speaking to be a witness, to be a powerful uh, presence and, and influence of God in people's lives and in this world? So, so let's, let's just reflect on that first of all. It's, it's definitely evident to people around us uh, who we are in what we say. And that has a, a, a basic parameter of the Ten Commandments in terms of do not use the Lord's name in vain. And so, like, like the kids said, too, you know, bad words, swear words, uh, all kinds of, of things like that, lying, those things shouldn't be there. In the way we speak, what we say, we are witnessing. And people can tell right away, God is not part of a life of a person who, who is speaking in that way. God is not centrally focused in the life of a person who's swearing and you can't trust anything they say and their, their, their words are, are just offensive and rude and crude. 
you can see right away the, the witness is gone. Any, any thought of, oh, this person is seeking to love the Lord with all their heart, soul, and strength, it's not there. So the, the centrality of the witness, our speaking, should always be guided by that underlying principle of our desire to love God with all our heart, soul, and strength, that God would be pleased in what we say. And so Psalm 15, as our call to worship said too, verse 2, speak the truth. That's what we want to be about to others and also in, in ourselves. And so something, something like this whole example of, of the Volkswagen company, and they, they claimed that their vehicles were good, and it was a complete lie. And everything crumbles. And so if, if we claim things that are not true, and then the lie comes out, then, then the witness is gone. The goodness is gone. Psalm 15 also talks about slander, uh, gossip, speaking out against people uh, behind their back. It also talks about making oath. I promise. I promise I'll be there. I'll promise I'll do that. We say that so quick. And then we don't. Or we make a commitment, a commitment to the church or a commitment to each other or a commitment to a partner or a child. We say, yes, absolutely. Could you do this? Yes, I'll do that. Uh, and then nothing. And the witness breaks down. But you said. Ah, whatever. No, you said. You said you would do this. You promised. And the kids will hold you to it. And as adults, we all feel it too. And sometimes we shrug it off. Oh, well. But the witness to loving God above all Try our best. If we say it, sometimes absolutely things just don't work. And then you speak a word again of, please forgive me. But our, our speaking, our saying, Psalm 15 says to keep your oath. Do what you have promised. You are demonstrating a love for God. It says, even when it hurts, do what you've promised, even when it hurts. Because God's honor, God's glory. So to, to be people like that is a witness to all those around us. James 3, 2 has that warning that we looked at as our, our service of confession. And so how do we speak? How do we speak to one another? How do we speak of things of faith? And so the first thing, as, as Anne did so nicely here, that we, we think, be careful how you speak. Speak carefully, choose your words carefully, especially that, that your words would have uh, behind them, in them, we uh, have the love of God. That, that, that you, would, you would have the love of God for whoever you're speaking to. So if you're speaking to someone young or old and, and, and you have it in mind that God loves this person and you might not at the moment when you're speaking to them but then you have to set that aside because God, God loves this person and God wants you to speak out of his love for them. And so that, that is the truth 
that, that we need to grasp hold of, and Ezekiel too needed to grab hold of, and I'll explain that a little more in a moment. But Ezekiel 3 is an amazing passage where God speaks to him, speaks to us, directing our speech. The first uh, section there, verses 1 to 3, with this whole thing about the scroll, it, it comes back several times in, in different passages in the Bible. When you eat the scroll then you are allowing God's word, which is his loving word to you, speak into your life and and to have that word at the center. And it says here too, that word is sweet. When Ezekiel eats it, when when he has it in his mouth, it it tastes as sweet as honey. Psalm 19, your law is is sweeter than honey, than the honeycomb. Your word, when when we let God speak into us, so, so for us to speak, speak is to to have God speak into our lives and that is that is through his word the bible and so we do need to have that regular time here on Sundays uh, personally during the week that that word speaks in and and I can share with you too uh, day after day where where I'm working in the word I have reflected on some stuff and then and then then right there in dealing with a situation, with a person, with something, and it's, it's, it applies. It just, it, it's just, and out of what God speaks into your life, you can go on to encourage others. And so that, that is a central starting point here. Even as Ezekiel is called to be a, a spokesperson, a prophetic person for God to the people, he is reminded to be strong in the word himself that basic Christian life of love for God with all our heart, soul, and strength is directed by God's word. Then this, this next section where, where it talks about uh, you are not speaking to people of obscure speech and language. And you have to realize that, that Ezekiel is, is here among the, the exiles in Babylon and it was, it was the practice of the Babylonians when they conquered different areas of the world. They would take people from everywhere and move them. And so they took 10,000 from Israel and they plunked them down by the Kabar River. And they would take 10,000 from India and they would plunk them by the Kabar River. They would take 10,000 Egyptians and plunk them down. And so, so Ezekiel is walking around in that area and, and there are all kinds of languages and, and, and he is maybe wondering too, how in the world do I speak? I don't know these languages. Now, the general language was, was a, a, an early Aramaic language that people spoke. And that was kind of the general language that everybody kind of tried to work with, a general Aramaic. Jesus spoke Aramaic too. And so that, 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 okay, we can speak in these, these different languages. It says God sending Ezekiel, it says to him, uh, and we'll, we'll look at his prophetic position more later too, but just now, like, he, he, is, he is in that context of all these languages and wondering too, what do I do? And, and the, the, the very simple very basic. He is just told, you are speaking the language you know, Hebrew, to the Hebrews. That's all I'm worried about, God says. That's all I'm worried about. 
that you just speak the language you are most familiar with. You are a Hebrew. You were born in Jerusalem. You are, are grown up in Israel. You speak Hebrew. You speak to the Hebrew. What is he saying? He's saying, God is saying to him, in your very ordinary language, in your very simple speech, in your speaking, when you are at work, in the shop, with the tools, with the tractors, what you say, you don't have to try to be fancy and talk to politicians and go on about all kinds of things you don't know. This is, this is just my witness in your life as you do the very ordinary thing. Very ordinary. You're at the thrift store. You're at the grocery store. You're at the food bank. You're just going around. You're doing your ordinary thing, talking to ordinary people, and you're not even really thinking about what you're saying because they know, you know, and it's just an ordinary day, and you're just talking. In those circumstances, are you a witness to who I am? Are you expressing yourself in ways that are helpful and encouraging? We had a chance just to join uh, the boys yesterday in Tabor. We, we were down just for a little Thanksgiving celebration, and it was fun just catching up with everybody. And Stephen was saying he lives in Calgary by the school and, uh, and uh, the Christian school there in the southeast corner. And, and he was out, he said, he was out for a run, and he'd seen... In the, in the area around the, the Christian school in Calgary, there are a lot of uh, residential, it's a really nice area, uh, a lot of playgrounds and everything. And he'd noticed over, over even a number of weeks that by the playground, there was one of these uh, the person, uh, enforcement, law enforcement, police officer, uh, often sat by the playground there just to control the speed as, as kids were coming to school and people going... And so he'd noticed that it was a lady in the... In the and so, so he, had, he, he had come by a couple times, and he'd kind of thought just in his... Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go, and I'll just say a word of thanks to this, this police officer. Because she's sitting there every day, and you wonder if, yeah, what, what kind of... But, but it's so important to keep those kids safe, right? And to keep people from speeding through, through all the playground zones there. So he, he kind of had in mind. He just shared, too. He went up to her, and, uh, and he was just... Uh, he knocked on the window, and, and, and he said, too, initially, she, she looked a little worried, this big guy with his beard and, and coming up to the window. And, and, and it was, yeah, he thought, too, uh, gee, what, what, what did she expect, right? And, and then he simply said to her, I want to thank you for being here faithfully and, and for, you know, keeping the kids safe and, and keeping... And, and, and the, the police officer, he said, she just, she transformed in front of him from, from kind of nervous, who's this big guy knocking on the window and he's going to just tear a strip off me for whatever. And, and, and then she responded, she, oh, thank you. And she said, yeah, I caught a guy going like 80K through here. And... and and, and so, yeah, excellent, you know, well done, thank you for doing that. But, but just in, in an ordinary way, in, in your ordinary day, 
that, that it, you don't have to learn a different language and, and go somewhere else and be a missionary. You, you can right here in what you say to people around you just express, yeah, a God-centered, loving thankfulness. And that's what Ezekiel's being told here too, that we would just... He would, he would and others would, we would just do that. Just, just be a witness in saying things to people that, that expresses just a true thankfulness to God, first of all, and then, and then an appreciation, a, a, a different approach that's noticeable. And, and, and so something like that, I thought too, was, was boy, I've not actually done that. I have done that at uh, check stops. When they stop you, and and then and then just to say the officer is out there in the cold and the rain, and, and say thank you, thank you for doing this, thank you for trying to keep us safe. I appreciate that. And so those kind of things, uh, a true witness, just in a small way in what you say. That effort, and and beyond that, to go even. Uh, when people ask you about things, uh, a verse that comes in here is 1 Peter 3, verse 15. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you, to give a reason for the hope that you have, to have that hopefulness, that joyfulness. But do this with gentleness and respect. So with gentleness and respect, we speak to people, we speak to them about life and about faith. And just to do that in our ordinary living. So, so Ezekiel is reminded of that, and that, that is very encouraging for him and for us. In verses 12 to 16, uh, with those two initial points in mind, uh, that God, God's word directs us, and in our ordinary speaking, we try to speak Christianly, Christ-like, and Ezekiel is lifted up in this passage, and he, is, he has those things in mind, and then he is, he is again by the Kabar River there, and he's called to witness to the exiles there. He is placed there by God, and, and so he does have the, the, the idea very clearly that God is going to use him. And so, so we too, to have the idea God can use us, God does use us where he places us. So, so you say, what can I say? What can I do? Well, well we, we can say uh, right where we are, things of goodness, things of faith, things of the Lord, things of thankfulness, things of truth. And so, so like Ezekiel, we are to speak God's word into people's lives where we are. That's, that's the sense of, of verses 12 to 16. And then verse 16, we'll get back to that again uh, in a couple of weeks, the whole watchman thing. And that, that is very, very uh, instructive too. But, but Ezekiel talks about that later in chapter 18 and chapter 33. And so, yeah, when you warn someone and when you, when you don't, and, and there are things there as well in terms of speech, but we'll look at that more, more specifically later on at this time. I want to just, just one more thing here for us this morning. Uh, we, first of all, have the sense of, of being strong in the Word of God. Secondly, that, that we speak just to people in our ordinary lives in ways that are encouraging and strengthening. And then 
very unusual, very striking, because, because Ezekiel has this in mind, and, and, and he feels the call of God on his life, and, and he is taken again now to his place, and, and he is there among the people, and now, now he's going to let him have it. He's, he's going to be the one now. He, he has that picture of God has placed him here. Okay, now let's go. And, and what happens? He, he gets there, and it says on the one hand, he sits for seven days. It says, uh, verse 15, uh, for seven days he, he didn't do anything. And then, and then, very unusual uh, in our uh, understanding, um, Ezekiel 26 and 27. I will make your tongue stick to the roof of your mouth so that you will be silent, unable to rebuke them. That when I speak to you, I will open your mouth. There, there is in the... In the study of the book of Ezekiel, there is, um, for seven years, like for seven days, he sits quiet. If you read carefully the book of Ezekiel, and, and this, this instruction of that, that the tongue, his tongue stuck to the roof of his mouth, he was silent for seven years. Seven years. So God gets him all revved up, shows him the whole vision, lifts him up in the spirit, brings him out, sets him down. He's quiet for seven days, and then he's unable to speak for seven years. Like Zechariah in the temple. Remember the story in, in the Gospel of Matthew where the angel, the angel comes to Zechariah in the temple and says, You're going to have a son. He is going to be like Elijah. He is going to bring in the good news of the Savior. And, and, and then Zechariah can't speak until the child is born, right? Ezekiel can't speak. He cannot say. He cannot say anything. There's, there's also the sense, too, that he's, he's bound in his house. He he's, stays in his house, and, and he, he can't speak to people. What is going on? What is... What is the matter? The picture here is very striking, especially, especially as, as Ezekiel is called to, to truly speak out in the love of the Lord for these people, and he is speaking specifically, very clearly, very much a word of the Lord into people's lives. So very specific. So, so the picture in the book of Ezekiel is that indeed he was silent for seven years, but at different points along the way, every couple months, every week or two, that God would indeed open his mouth. Verse 27. I will open your mouth and you will say to them, so that there were definite points where, where Ezekiel came out and, and stood and, and he, he could speak. And then he spoke. 
exactly what God had told him to say, and that's recorded here in Ezekiel. And then, then he would be silent again. Couldn't say anything else, anything different. And there's, there's a real picture here for us to just, just to be aware that, that, yeah, we go on and on and on sometimes. And we'll give our opinion of this and that and everything else. And, and a lot of stuff we're just, it's casual conversation and, and this and that. But is, is it, yeah, our witness if, if we would maybe say a little less, at times too, yeah, you don't always have to give your opinion. You don't always have to be the one. That, that you are actually just, just waiting for the Lord to, to work in you. And then, and then when you have opportunity, and, and that, that happens... Like, like working with people and, and working in situations and working with families, I know you have it too at times, where, where you, you are thinking about and praying about, you know, I'd like to say this to, to one of my relatives or one of my friends. I'd like to bring a, a Christian witness to them. I'd like to, to just bring either a, a word of correction. And, and I wonder, how can I do that? And then our thinking shouldn't be, well, I'm just going to go and blurt it out. Our, our thinking needs to be, God, help me, help me in love to, to see when you want me to speak. And, and it's amazing, God will provide opportunities that you have a heart of love focused on serving God with all your heart, soul, and strength, and for a time you don't bring it up. You don't go on about it. You don't, you don't just drop a bombshell on someone's head. You're no good, and I'll tell you why. Blah, blah, blah. You pause. You wait. You pray. And by God's grace, time comes that, that yeah, something may there be a, uh, some struggle in a person's life. There will be a situation where, where they... They wonder, and you are there, and all of a sudden you are standing in front of them, and they are talking about what you wanted to talk to them about. And you say, thank you, Lord. And you can, with grace and love, just speak into their lives. Say, hey, if you're wondering about that, if you're worried about that, I've been praying about that for you, and could we talk about that? Could we maybe do this or that? Could I come alongside could we pray together? All these things the Lord provides as we wait for him. And so it's, it's very striking that we need to be uh, aware of his power and presence in our witness of speaking into people's lives, speaking to each other, not just quick throwing things out, condemning, carelessly using words. To be a, a clear witness to God is to even say a little less, to prayerfully reflect on things a little more, and then, and then to be ready, to be ready to share out of our faith and the hope and the joy that we have. And so, yeah, I, I, I know too, people have had opportunity at funerals uh, to, to speak about things that hadn't been spoken about before or at, at weddings or, or at birthdays or, or at different times 
when, when the Lord provides the opportunity, even like a Thanksgiving celebration, if you get together this week, that, that you have opportunity to encourage and strengthen and guide in God's power, in God's grace. So that's a beautiful instruction from Ezekiel chapter 3 to let God speak into your heart and then from there that we would speak into the lives of those around us. Let God control what comes out of our mouth and it will be as sweet as honey when God is in control, showing that we love him with all our heart, with all our soul, and with all our strength. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word that continues to speak into the life of Ezekiel and into our lives. We pray that we would continue to be open to your word and spirit leading us in our faith, growing in our faith, and we can also in that know our struggles and be open to your leading as others speak into our lives. Lord, we also Pray that you would grant us just in our very ordinary daily interactions with people at work and at home and in our connections here and there in the evenings and different uh, classes with kids and all the things that we are involved in, that as we speak together, that we could speak in love and grace, the word of peace and hope that you alone bring. Lord, we thank you too, that even when we don't know what to say, then we're best off just being silent that we just wait for your time, your will, your way of leading and guiding. And Lord, that you would work also in the lives and hearts of those around us who we'd want to speak to, who we'd want to just, just encourage, who we'd want to just offer a word of thanks. Lord, we pray that you would also provide those opportunities as well. In Jesus' name, amen.